Welcome to the Parent Points Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Cabot. The mission of this podcast is to help you, the parent, realize and accomplish this truth. You are the primary disciple maker of your child. I truly believe that this podcast only helps one parent grasp this and apply it to their home. It is 100% worth it. So this episode is part two of my conversation with Ben. Uh, if you have not went back and subs- uh, looked at the other uh, episode and listened to it, please go do so. But he's a friend, podcaster, gamer, student ministry expert, if you will. He's the director of student ministry at Lifeway Christian Resources. And he and his team at Lifeway have come up with these 10 predictors uh, and uh, for why students leave or stay the local church after high school. Now, the first episode covered one through five. Now we're going to spend time covering six through 10. So make sure uh, after you listen to this one or even before you keep, keep going, go back and listen to uh, one through five. But Ben, uh, again, I'm so thankful that you are here. Uh, and let's just, we're just going to go ahead and jump right into these six or these last five uh, predictors. Number six is that church members appear to disapprove of those who didn't meet expectations regarding job, school, marriage, and so on. Now that list there seems very, uh, those seem like big rocks in the life of a student, right? Marriage or or job or school or when they're off to college, like speak to that. And now is this a, I don't know if this is even a thing, but is this more of a, this is more of a church as a whole disproving not necessarily church in the side like the student ministry alone right that's correct so uh it it totally is the you know we've referred in the last uh podcast we did about the judginess uh and this totally this is the one this is the one that points to uh what people people often think about when people leave the church is oh it's because they were judgy or hypocritical or whatever and that plays a factor. It's not one of the main factors of why people leave the church, um, but it is a factor in that, man, there was this expectation that the church had for me in terms of these major decisions and appeared to disapprove of those decisions that were made. And because of that, it was a uh, feeling of almost being cast out of the church. And so if they you know, if, if they're casting me out, then I'm just going to stay gone and I'm just going to go do my, my own thing over here. Yeah. I think too, you know, with this, I, I think how does a parent help navigate that? You know, this parent, this is a podcast for parents of six through 12th graders. What do you say to a parent and Ben, what would you do uh, as a parent, right? You have the pastor and the ministry hat as well as the parent hat. How would you handle your son or your daughter that I know that are in, in student ministry, how would you handle them maybe getting some of that disapproval from a church member to kind of help curb a curve? I might be the wrong word, but to kind of help subside some of that tendency for, you know, your student to be like, man, the church didn't really approve of this or, or any of that. Yeah. I hope there would be open enough relationship that I have with my kids for them to be able to bring that to me. Mm. Uh, for them to be able to say, hey, I felt this way, and for us to be able to talk about that. Now, I think in order for that to happen, there has to be a history of conversation. There has to be a history of openness of them bringing stuff to me before. So there's assumptions there that I I would hope they would bring it to me. 
The other side of that is that uh, if there are, I'll say it this way, I think as a parent, I would try to and am trying to not hold them to a set of expectations that I know they will not be able to live up to. Mm. For example, uh, my kids are going to mess up, man. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to make mistakes. I make mistakes. They're going to make them. Uh, we, God gave us the law not to force us to live perfectly, but to reveal the fact that we can't live perfectly. That's right. And that Jesus did for us. Right. And so I think a constant rooting of the idea of life is not going to be perfect. Jesus was perfect for you live out of what he's already earned for you rather than trying to live to earn perfection. Uh, that general mindset, I think, attacks this judgmentalism. Right. The other thing is, I think when we do a good job in student ministry of, now super practical for just a second, uh, when we do a good job in student ministry of not having student ministry in its own little bubble, but exposing student ministry to the church at large when, when they do ministry alongside adults in the church, they worship alongside adults in the church, when people from the church at large know more about teenagers, what they're going through, uh, how they're following Jesus, then I think there's less judgmentalism because there's relationship. Right. And when there's relationship, there's less judgmentalism in general. And so I think when this happens, it's largely a sign of we tried to do student ministry off over here by ourselves, and there was never any contact or support or discipleship that was happening across generations. Right. That's good. That's good. Um, Number seven, the seventh predictor, parents and student want them to attend church. Um, From my reading, this is not parents and students want them to attend student ministry, correct? You're talking about Sunday morning or corporate gatherings of worship, not just students, correct? Yeah, that's right. So this one uh, is basically that parents and they wanted them to attend church um, is a factor of them staying connected to the church long-term. So Mm -hmm. it it speaks to a parent's influence. It speaks to a parent's priority and wanting them to attend church. And it speaks to it long after they are in high school too. So parents, you have an influence with your kids uh, far beyond even them living in your home. Um, The number one reason why from this same research study, the number one reason why people came back to the church after they left is not because they had kids in a family of their own and decided to come back. It's because a parent wanted them to come back. So parents, your influence doesn't stop at age 18 when they leave your house or whatever that is. It goes far beyond that. Right now, Ben, will you speak to, I mean, as a student pastor yourself, I'm sure you got these uh, when you were, when you were doing student ministry, but I get these a lot, um, even from, you know, from parents that their kids aren't even in the student ministry, right? Well, I don't want to force my kid to go to church. Uh, My kid doesn't want to come to church on Sunday, or my kid doesn't want to come to Wednesday nights because they get out of ball practice right at, you know, 545 and programming starts at 615. One, I'm not a parent of, I mean, I'm a parent of, of a little girl, but she's not in student ministry yet. Praise the Lord, right? Like we got some time. <laughs> but like, 
what is that as a parent? Like maybe put your parent hat on for a second. Like what is, what do you do when you know this is a predictor of them staying engaged after high school to the local church in their college years, but you don't want to force them. What do you say? What do you do? What would be your counsel? Man, this is a really good question. And if I could, I'm going to attach it to number eight too. So we're talking about number seven and number eight is parents genuinely liking the church. And I think that goes along with what you're, what you're talking about in your question. So I'm not somebody that thinks in order for your kid to turn out okay, right? Like in air quotes, turn out okay. Because there's a lot of parents that like, man, I just hope they turn out okay. Like that's, that's the end goal. And if they do, we're good. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that we have to have them in church every time the doors are open. Uh, like, man, go on vacation and miss a Sunday. Right. Uh, like go teaching them that all that you need to do is be in the church every time the doors open is just another form of legalism mm-hmm. uh, that can hinder what we're trying to do. Instead, show church as a priority and something that you genuinely love to do and be a part of, yeah. uh, which means that you need to be connected to the church as a parent, not just an attender, not just a go and sit and get up and leave. But if it's something that you love, that you'll be engaged in it that you'll be serving. Uh, And again, that doesn't have to be serving every week, but that you will move yourself to serve as a part of the church, that you'll be generous with your time and with your resources uh, with the church. And that when you talk about church, uh, that you'll talk about it in, in ways that show you really like it. So you might go every time the doors are open and then get in the car and bash what the preacher said and talk about how it was boring and talk about the song where the musician messed up and sang the wrong note or talk about how the student pastor doesn't like your kid or talk about how you wish groups were different. Like you can be at church every time the doors are open and then get in the car and talk like that. And what your students see is we're here all the time and they don't even like it. Mm. So why would I like it? So that goes back to your question. I'm not one that says we have to be in church every time the doors are open. But I am one that says we want to display an attitude that we love our church and that we're going to be involved in our church. And sometimes we're going to miss church, but we love it and we're going to be here. And when we miss it, it's going to be for something. It's not just we slept in today. Right. And in addition to that, because, you know, we talked, you mentioned practices specifically um, that, man, we're going to go sweaty at the end, at the end of the day. If you have football practice until six, it starts at six fifteen. then we're going to go sweaty and that's okay. I'm going to have deodorant and the change of clothes for you in the car and you can wear it out. Right. right. Uh, oh, and if there's a game or something, um, then we can use that opportunity, perhaps even down the road. Uh, if you're going to be gone at a tournament on a weekend and you're going to miss church, cool. What could you do in that environment to point people to Jesus? Mm. Hey, team or coach, can I do a short devotional on, uh, on Sunday before the games start? 
And that's a way that student ministries can partner with parents too. Like if you knew you're going to have X student at a volleyball tournament or whatever, then equipping that student to be able to, to have a five minute devotional time with her, with her team before, then that's an awesome way to start new ministry and give that student an opportunity to lead and be an influence. Now, again, that could be down the road. It could be uh, later on, but just using it as an example of, man, if you miss church and you're doing something like that, cool. Mm. How can we point people to Jesus in the middle of that moment? Mm. That's good. That's, that's, that's really, really good. Uh, predictor number nine, uh, the father attending church. Now I am, uh, I'm kind of thinking through this, you know, I have one, one little girl, one on the way, uh, and I'm trying to, you know, obviously I'm a pastor, so technically paid to be at church, right? So, <laughs> um, but, but like, why is it like, in the last guest that we had, we, we talked about with Adam about how the, uh, husband and wife have different roles in the church. I mean, in the, in the home, but equal value, different roles, equal value. Um, What would you say to that? Even as it applies to this predictor of a father being the one that is attending church, why do you think it carries a little bit more weight? Yeah, man, there's just uh, this one I think is really difficult because you're going to have people in church. uh, Maybe I don't know your church situation, entirely, but you might have single moms in your church. Uh, There might be some that listen to this that are like, man, as a single mom, how in the world, I don't have this option, right? And so my statement to that is that, man, there's the grace of Christ in, in that situation that I think can specifically minister to and pastor in a way, uh, that a father or a student pastor couldn't. Um, I think praying a prayer that the Lord would establish male mentors in the life of, of that person, maybe another person in the family or whatever is a great prayer to pray. Um, I think there is something that has been ingrained in us. And you mentioned it off the top of this one, that the influence of a father, yes, they're equal value, certainly. And um, all of those things, but there is there is something ingrained with us that's special about the influence of a dad, mm-hmm. uh, specifically when it comes to uh, spiritual leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what this points to, is that they were looking for dad to attend church and love it and be involved and it to be a priority in their life. Um And again, I know there are a lot of situations where that's not possible and God's grace is so big that, that we, we can't contain it or predict how it will fill in gaps in our own lives. Uh, But from the research, they were, they were looking for the spiritual influence of dad uh, quite a bit here. Number, you know, number nine, man, that's a big deal. Um, Lastly, this is one that I kind of was shocked by and I don't know that I fully understand um, so I, if I ask these questions and they're totally off, please correct me. Um, but the 10th predictor, the final one is not attending a public high school. So are you, is the research showing that if a student is not attending a public high school, that they're more likely to not be in church after high school? Okay. So <laughs> confusing. confusing. 
with wording, it can kind yeah. of be difficult. So here's yeah. what it says, that if you don't attend a public high school, you are more likely to stay connected to the church after you graduate. Okay. So if, if you go to a private high school or a Christian high school, you're more likely to stay engaged. Yeah. Or homeschool or, you know, just not public, not public high school, which this is another one of those. We can put that against the, uh, uh, the political one from, from the first episode that we did together and say, man, I wish that wasn't on there, but because of statistical integrity, we have, we have to stay, we could have stopped at nine, I guess. Right. <laughs> uh, but I think it's an important factor to consider. Uh, I, my kids are in public school. They're going to continue to be in public school. Uh, even though I've d- done the research and I see number 10 here, uh, they're going to continue to be in public school because I, I think there is value. And listen, if we pull all of our Christian kids out of the public environment, absolutely. Then how are we going to, how are we going to reach those environments? Mm. Uh, now I think this is an individual decision based on individual kids and individual families. And the school decision is one that, that, that Kristen and I specifically have prayed over and uh, man, we've labored over it over and over and over and over and what to do with our kids schooling. Um, and this is where we've landed and we, we, we believe it's where God has, has placed us to be. Uh, so that, you know, not throwing stones again at, at anybody who decides to do it at home or a private Christian school. That's just where we are. But the factor here, according to the research, is that attending a different place other than public school uh, does have an impact on staying connected to the church. Um, and there are a lot of factors, I think, that are involved in that. I think with a public school environment, um, there are uh, things that are taught in a different way at times. Um, there's less likelihood of having spiritual mentors or faith-based mentors from an education, pers- from a, a teacher perspective than there is at a Christian school. Um, so I think that tips the scales. You know, like if I have a couple of spiritual mentors from the church and my chemistry teacher is... a a strong believer and becomes a spiritual mentor for me, then that kind of tips the scales in that direction. Uh, I think it's a bogus thing to assume that, oh, that's because there are a bunch of bad kids at public school. Mm. Like that's the reason. I don't think that's the reason because I went to a Christian school and all the stuff that was happening at the public school was happening at the Christian school. You just had to know the right people to ask. And you're probably better at hiding it at the Christian school, right? Like you can figure it totally, out. Totally. <laughs> totally. So I don't think it is, uh, I don't think it's a, cause that's where the bad people go right. in air quotes. I think it's because of those other factors that uh, the education is going to be from a biblical perspective. The mm-hmm. teachers are going to be coming from a faith-based perspective and it tips the scales in terms of potential spiritual development. Like if you're uh, like, I know you did sports. Like if your soccer coach is also like somebody that you respect and is also really living for Jesus and is a strong believer, that's going to have a Absolutely. positive spiritual impact on you. Same thing with the band leader or the cheerleading coach or the math bowl champion teacher or whatever. Uh, so that's, that's where I think the root of that is. Right. Yeah. And kind of going back to your point, like I went to Christian school uh, 10th or 12th grade. Uh, I know that our, our senior pastor, our lead pastor here in Charleston, his kids go to public school. Uh, and I know several of our students go to public school. We have, we have all kinds of Christian homeschool. We have, have the whole thing. I think what you said at the very beginning of this question is what is essential is that 
parents don't take the school decision lightly is that they, they really seek the Lord to really say, where, where do we place our kid? Because unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately, but I guess it's a reality that we need to face that, you know, if, you know, Ben, if your kids are in public school, that puts you in an environment where you're dealing with public school parents who probably don't know Jesus. And that gives you the ability to minister in a different way than if your kids were in private school. So I really think it's looking at the school as, I don't know if I would use the word tool, but looking at the school as kind of this, this hub of how we can also do ministry in our everyday life. So I think that insight's really, really helpful there. Um, Well, Ben, it's, it's been a joy, man, to have had these conversations with you the past two. Uh, I am, I've read the book twice. Uh, it's different than all your other books. Uh, your other books are, you know, kind of more on the spiritual leadership side, but this is being research heavy. Uh, so I can see you, you're interwoven in there, but it, it's definitely uh, a different book than what you've written before. So I do appreciate the work yeah. you and your team put into it, but man, I, I want to kind of just give you the, the open mic here and just for parents, you know, the mission of this podcast is to help parents realize this truth that they're the primary disciple makers of their student. You got six through 12th grade parents listening right now, moms, single moms, dads, dads that are single. Uh, we got probably got grandparents. I know we have grandparents listening that, that the parents are not involved, but they're really engaged in the student's life. What do you say to those parents that are doing the best that they can to disciple their kid uh, the right way in the name of Jesus? Yeah. Man, it's hard. Uh, I think we can all just recognize that and and normalize that this is not an easy thing. It's a very, very difficult thing. And yet, at the same time, something we're called to do, something you can do in the power of the Holy Spirit. So parent, uh, man, I'm with you in this. There are difficult days and there are days that are less difficult. It's always a challenge. And what our kids need from from us is not perfection. It's realness. It's how we follow Jesus in our lives every step of the way. Uh, and so it, it starts with us, follow Jesus on your own. And these things, these things will fall, fall into place. And here's the other thing that I would say is uh, you could do everything right. Quote, right. You could do everything right. And your, your child is still going to choose. Mm, that's right. Your child. So Success or failure, parent, is not up to you. Mm. Uh, you could do everything, quote, right, and they could still choose to go their own way. And so don't, uh, well, I'll say it this way. Avoid the temptation to load yourself down with the guilt and shame of your kids' decisions. They're their own decisions. Um, they're not yours. And so let them own their decisions. You own what you are responsible for and follow Jesus with your life and live it in front of them. And they don't need your perfection. They need you in your real self. That's good. That's good. Well, uh, Ben, where can parents kind of follow you? I, I know you do work at Lifeway, obviously. Like what are, what would you say, you know, are there some things that obviously your social media handles, I know you put parents stuff out there, but mm-hmm. Where would you kind of tell our parents to go and kind of stay connected with you and, and listen and, and see what you're doing in regards to parent stuff for them? Yeah. So the best place uh, that we, everything that we put out kind of goes through uh, our social channels at Ben Trueblood, T-R-U-E-B-L-O-O-D is where you can find me on all the social stuff. Uh, and then our, 
Um, you can go to Lifeway Students and you can find a bunch of uh, resources and information and blog there. And you can find that at studentministry.lifeway.com. So that's kind of where our blog stuff is. And then everything else you can see from my social. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Ben, again, thank you, man, for your time. It was a blast. Uh, here on the Parent Point Podcast, parents, our mission is to help you as parents realize and accomplish this truth. You're the primary disciple maker of your student. I hope the past two episodes with Ben have encouraged you and equipped you uh, to just spend some time with your student and disciple them well, not to perfection, but as Ben said, in realness. Uh, and the success is not whether they turn out, quote, okay or right, but that you were obedient to what God's called you to do. So go and parent like you never have before.